0: This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets.
1: My name is Brian Hendrickson, and with me today for the Friday wrap-up, I have Eric and Justin, both from Comstock Investments. Welcome, you guys.
0: Welcome. Thanks for having us, Brian. All
1: right, so let's dive in, start the week off. Soybeans kicked off Monday high. Um, everything else throughout the week kind of stayed mixed except for today. Who wants to start us off?
0: Well, I think uh, Justin's got charts and quotes in front of him. I'm out on the road sitting amongst a couple of soybean and cornfields, so uh, he's got the numbers in front of him. But I think it's worth mentioning, too, that uh didn't corn go make a 506 high overnight on Sunday as well?
2: It did. started off the week higher, 506. Fell down about 474. Making a push the last couple days here. Hitting that 490, 492, 93 level. Uh, today unchanged right now currently, Eric, at 488 and a quarter. Kind mm-hmm. of the enthusiasm seems to be tempered a little bit as we head into the weekend.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think the soybeans are notable because we, we knew we had the heat coming and it actually by the weekend it was already hitting and everybody knows that's going to impact the beans in the month of August. But I think you had uh, maybe maybe a little too much of the idea that corn was made at this point. And so that didn't really impact the corn as much as we came into the Monday day session, although we exploded Sunday night. Then coming into the day session, we're a little softer. But you know, David Cruz, uh, one, of the, one of the people voicing this very loudly, is that um, you're still losing test weight, right? When, you, when you've got these kind of conditions during this time of year, you're still sucking life out of these kernels. And and I'm sitting next to a field that I stopped at Sunday, and it, you can see it is going backwards rapidly.
2: I have a client in northeast Iowa on 96 CSR ground. Um, honestly, looking at combining that probably the middle of September, I did not believe him. So even again today, he sent me another short video of it and it would it's passed beyond silage time for that cornfield uh Hobby, southeast minnesota dry in pockets northeast iowa not new news to the market i do maybe push back a little bit on we're only losing test weight um there's still corn out there that needs to continue to fill there's corn out there that just could use a drink of water that's not happening
1: um, let's talk about the cattle market a little. I know that's kind of throwing you guys off. We talked crop. Cattle market, how did that do this week? Good, bad, average mix? <laughs> Where are we at with that?
2: I, I guess cattle it all depends market. on if you're buying or you're selling on that comment. Yeah. But cattle market yesterday <laughs> shot up pretty significantly at the close. Uh, myself, we actually got a contract pulled a week ahead. Shipped out today. Did not really want to do that. Uh, features 40 cents higher again today. Uh, cash market's pretty well steady on the boxes this morning, up 20 cents. But uh, not a lot of cash trade going so far yet. Eric, what are you seeing with your customers?
0: Well, I was a little concerned earlier in the week. We were seeing some pretty low bids, 290 dressed, 185 live in the north. Um, we saw a little 185 trade in the north then 178 in the south. And so I thought, here, we're, we're going to lose you know, one to three dollars, maybe even four on the dress side, depending on where you were at. And, uh, I was a little more encouraged today. Uh, I, I got some information out of Iowa and Illinois. Guys were selling 187. and That was just a dollar back last week. So a, a lot better than three, but still down for the week. Uh, this heat is, is, is a big deal. And especially in the cattle market, uh, when you, when you talk about livestock, well, I mean, cattle and hogs both. Um, that this heat is making a big impact. We're lo- we're losing weight, or I should say we're not gaining weight, and we've got some death loss to go along with it. So this, this has been a big deal overall.
1: What else started at the beginning of the week was the Pro Farmer Tour that kicked off Monday, finished in Minnesota. Overall, were you guys happy, not happy? Another year of so-so, what were your – your opinions and how Well,
0: do you think- I think I wanna I wanna jump on this first to dispel a little bit of the the misunderstanding. You know, I, I do contribute to the Comstock Report. Dan Monternoch uh, is a very seasoned industry veteran and he writes our morning reports and he has tried to remind readers every day that this tour is not about where the final yield will be for the country, or even where it compares to USDA. This tour is about how do we compare to last year? How do we compare to a three- or a five-year average? You know, that means a lot more. And so when people are looking at some of these yield numbers, they're saying, oh, there's no way we're going to be that or whatever. It's, It's what it looks like today and how they calculate it. The system doesn't change. The route doesn't change. So I think we need to start there. And then also look at the state-by-state numbers that they came back with it was just a mirror image of the condition ratings coming into this week don't you think i mean on a state-by-state basis justin don't you agree
2: i think the the take-home on the pro farmer tour was surprisingly for me better than what i thought they were going to find but we also found the variability which was confirmed and i do think that is what's keeping the market from from really selling off back to those lows, we just don't know. You know, we continue to get those variable reports, just enough risk premium in the market that, hey, maybe we want to pump the brakes on continuing to pile on the short side.
1: Now, in Iowa, I think they had some negative numbers compared to last year. Yep. Was that just drought, do you think? They kind of talked about. Yeah. Are we going to see more with the drought? I mean, this week has not been nice. And like you said, Sunday you saw that cornfield, and today it right. looks like a completely different. So was there a lot of optimism in this, saying this is what we're going to hope for, but possibly at harvest it's not that pretty?
0: Yeah, so when I went to the Pro Farmer meeting on Wednesday night, um, I had sidebar, sidebar conversations with several of the scouts. And, you know, I had just come back off of that trip down through Missouri and Kansas and Nebraska. And so we were kind of comparing notes and what things, you know, every year you'll hear, well, it looked good from the road. But this was one of the years where that was exceptionally true. Road checks looked excellent. And then you get out into the field and you're either flat pods or aborted pods or low pod counts on the side of the beans. And then you get into the corn. And this even surprised me because uh, I, I actually figured we would outperform this through most of Iowa. Because of road checks, but you get out in the fields and the ears were small, heavy tip back, and it wasn't just uh, pollination tip back; it was population tip back. You're, you're not just hurting the ear; you're you actually never developed. And so, rather than having an inch of tip back on the, on, you know, at the tip of the ear, you had 50% of the ear or 30% of the ear never developed.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, the the key on that, Eric, is I run the risk of being the eternal bull because it seems like every time I'm on with you, I'm trying to paint the glasses half full. And so I run the risk of that. I think we have put a premium in the market. Whether or not that's enough is to be determined. We saw a flash sale to China overnight on the beans. Continue to hear in my neck of the woods, you know, we sold that 121,000 metric ton overnight to China. If we continue those daily sales, the demand of the soybeans is much different picture than the demand in the corn. So if we go back to the pro-farmer number and say, you know, maybe we come in somewhere at that 173, where does that put us for price action in your mind? Is that what we're trading? I, I, I believe that
0: we are assuming a 2-2 two, two carry at a 173 to 4 right now. That's my opinion. And, and if if we do get a 173 to 4, the only way we come up with a 2-2 carry is if we don't see improvement in this export demand. That That's, I guess, how how I'm figuring it. So if you drop the yield that much from where the USDA is currently, you're going to have to drop demand. Well, the most likely scenario for that decrease in demand is through export sales because we haven't seen them yet. So that's an easy one to point to and say, oh, well, they're not there, you know. Yeah, I, I think we are trading somewhere around that range. The idea that some outfits had, or I don't want to say brokerages because they're not, but analysts and, and groups of analysts, they fully expected we were going to see back up towards the higher end of the USDA numbers, 178 to 181. Uh, I think that's been dispelled. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, ear size, tip back, the things we've talked about here is just not going to be there. I, I was even out yesterday on a silage adjustment, and <clears throat> the producer, he had been checking headlands Throughout the year, he fully expected to be 270. He comes in 240, and that's in the best ground in the country this year in Clay County, Iowa. With rain. With rain. With an inch of rain every week since the first week of May. And so, you know, the ear size just wasn't there. I mean, that was just – it wasn't there. So the stress during pollination proved to be more impactful than anyone gave it credit for.
2: You know, and I just go back to my days of buying grain and I and I put myself in the shoes of a China or an end user of any sort, there's a, a ton of old crop corn looking to hit the market that was not there last year. We have that there this year. We're seeing corn yeah. develop pretty good carries. The September to the Dees as we get into, you know, deliveries coming up next week, the start of the September contract. So yep. if I'm an end user, why would I want to load the bowl? I don't see a reason for that. So we continue to talk about, well, these sales are not developing or they're not going to be there. I'm not 100% convinced that they're not going to be there. They're not there today, and I believe they're right. not priced in the market.
0: They can use it as a scapegoat
2: for now. Exactly, 100%. Yep. yep.
1: All right, so kind of finishing up on the tour, um last stop was in Minnesota
0: i'll let justin talk about that
2: well just ended the night in rochester minnesota the issue with the the pro farmer tour is the majority of the samples are in the i-90 corridor the i-90 corridor has been better than much of the state this year for weather uh last night they came in with a 181 four yield i believe down significantly from or down just a little bit from last year a couple bushel but I, I think that that's shrinking. We need a really good finish that we're not getting and the beans have really changed color in this area. I, I just, it's possible and I'm not going to say that it's not, but probable with a hundred degree heat and the forecast of increased heat coming next week does not look great for a finish in, in Rochester.
0: This report at this time of year reminds me of like a, a May crop report. These are, these are best case scenarios in my opinion given the the outlook that we have right now. I don't think we're going to see numbers bigger, but we could sure see numbers smaller.
2: So what is your what targets are you looking at on that December corner? Are you still watching that 503 to 505 area? Uh, maybe Initially, a yeah. Yeah.
0: I, yeah, 502, 504 specifically uh, on the top side, I, I think that's going to get sold a little bit. But I still think we're going to target the gap in the December contract at 525. So that's still, call it midterm target, maybe. Uh, I don't think we can just explode there in the next couple of days, but that's my target for now. If we do take that out, then you're back to looking at 572 realistically.
1: So overall, I mean, it didn't look great. Didn't look no. horrible, horrible. Should the farmer kind of be worried a little about selling or storing? I mean, what are you guys telling the farmers to do, I guess? It's my question.
0: So I'll start with cattle guys because I've had several conversations with them today. I, I've been advising all s- late spring through summer here, stay hand to mouth. So far, that's been okay. I'm still okay staying hand to mouth for a little while. So to Justin's point, from an end user standpoint, why are you going to get aggressive here? I'm not ready to get aggressive. So from that side of it, that's, I guess, my side. Um, now, from a farmer, from a producer standpoint, producing the grain, uh corn, I'm, I'm eyeballing these numbers anywhere from 505 to 572, and and really I'd start getting aggressive at 520 to 25 in that uh, December chart gap area. On the soybeans, there's a different storyline there. Soybeans, we're going to have to see how this next couple of weeks goes, but they could get explosive.
2: You know... And to follow that up, that's such a hard question to answer if you have storage, if you don't have sales on. To to back that up, I guess uh, I'm in the same camp as Eric. I, you know, myself, I do need to make a few fall sales yet. I don't have room for the crop. I'm hoping that we go up and trust that, you know, above $5 mark. Otherwise, it appears that this crop is going to fit in the bin, hedge to it arrives and wait on the basis is my, my plan. There's carrying the market. We're offsetting our interest costs. I think that's a solid plan going into the winter to see if those S-4 sales develop or whether in South America.
0: Oh, and Justin just said a four-letter word, um, basis. It did start to collapse yesterday nationwide, um, which we knew it would. You're getting towards the end of August. This is, this is all these price later contracts come due. And Justin spent years seeing how that works. You get to the final week, and then everybody sells. It's just the way it works. And so here we are getting overloaded, you know, end users are getting overloaded with grain here for the next couple of weeks. And, and we're seeing that in the basis, um, new crop really not changing much, but for the next couple of months, it is, it is falling apart. All
1: right. Our next topic, one that is being discussed everywhere, even out of the agriculture industry, this. This lovely heat wave, <laughs> not oh. so lovely heat wave, the drought.
0: It, it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> it, it it is sucking the life out of everything so quickly. It's it's really mind-boggling. Uh, we had really good soil moisture in northwest Iowa. We we thought we'd carry fine, and I, and I'm standing or sitting, I guess, complaining about this when I woke up this morning to 68 degrees and two inches of rain at my house. So I'm not really the right one to complain. But I have been in it throughout the last week or so. And so, you know, I'm seeing it as I'm looking out my windows right now. It's it's unbelievable.
2: I got nothing to add other than it's hot. It's hot.
0: (laughs) I'm actually seeing bean rows opening up. I can't see between the plants, but I can count rows. Right now I'm looking at a field. I can count the rows. And that wasn't the case a
2: week ago.
1: All right, finishing off, let's wrap it up. What are some influences heading into next week that you think we're going to see?
2: Wrapping this up here, as we go forward into next week, it's it's really a question of have we done damage and how much. Uh, and it is a futures market, so how much of that is priced in. We never know that. I'd like to see the weekly closes. Normally, Eric, we do this at 2, 2.30 on a Friday. We're not going to have yep. that opportunity due to a travel schedule today, so I'm a little bit hesitant to see where we close on the week. It appears that soybeans are... You know, they're off their highs by about six cents at the present time on the November beans. It wouldn't shock me to see us, you know, pull somewhere in that nine to ten higher and look at the weather come Sunday night. Corn, it just feels like we need some fresh news. We really do. We need some fresh news. We need beans to pull it higher. We need wheat to pull it higher. Something to drag corn along with it because there is so much old crop corn hitting the market, and I think buyers are finding out actually how easy it is to originate those bushels. So, I, you know, I look for some fresh news next week. I don't know if we'll get it. Maybe we'll dip that December corn back down. Um, I don't know if we'll be in the 70, 470 range or mid-470s. We do have a lot of producers looking at defending crop insurance indemnities if we get down to there. Um, the, Um You know, we've talked many times the 502 payout on 85% without a yield yeah. loss the 80% down in the low 470s, I do think if I was a producer, I would take a look at either being a call options or straight board futures or something if we don't get that fresh news to push corn because ultimately we need to wait till the combines come. And, you know, if we're range bound, you might as well take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know that there's much that can help the corn at this point other than massive export sales or combines rolling. Completely on the same page there. I would add, though, the, the weather forecast coming into Sunday night is going to be critical. So they're still going to be watching to see, are we putting cooler temps in? Are we taking some of this heat out? Are we putting any moisture in? If we're going to stay hot, we know we're getting a reprieve pretty much everywhere is going to get some kind of a little break from this, maybe except for Texans. Uh, but
1: Probably but if, not. <laughs>
0: there is going to be a break for a lot of us here. How long is that break going to be? And then where do we resume high temperatures? You know, we were supposed to go back towards 100 degrees, and now I think it's more like 90. So 90 is a lot uh, easier to deal with uh, for for the crops, especially if it comes with some humidity and, and you know, we can get a little drink that way. So it, it'll be interesting to see what that forecast looks like, and I think that's going to be the biggest deal. Um, and I would also add, I think you got to watch the wheat market. Uh, susceptible to black sea headlines, anything massive goes on over there, then the wheat can really steer the corn as well.
2: And and to follow that up quick, Eric, I will say I would expect some major headlines, uh, the Black Sea, in the next brief amount of time. As as the Ukrainians get access to the F-16s, the range expands, the strike capability expands. Um, You know, I feel like we were talking time before. Where are we going to close it? Weren't we going to close it? Traders got burned on that. You start flying some jets over there and start blowing up some ships. I think we got a different ballgame on the wheat market, which hopefully supports corn
1: yeah. as well. All right. That'll do for the Friday wrap-up. Thanks, you. See you guys.
0: Thanks, Grant. <laughs> for a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial. Each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.